Ahead of National Signing Day, Jarek Broussard, former Colorado running back, is not coming to the Oregon Ducks. He instead is going to play for Michigan State. Where does Oregon go next? And what's the status of the running back room with regards to recruits? Plus, Oregon men's basketball thumps Oregon State. Why that is significant. Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked On Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. It's a brand new week, the week of National Signing Day, and I thank you for making this your first listen every day. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network your number one source to stay up to date with the Oregon Ducks every single weekday. Remember, if you want to get a question answered here on the show, tweet with the hashtag AskLODpod or hit me up on Twitter at Smalls underscore 55. And you can also go to at LockedOnDucks. DMs are wide open on both of those accounts. I take your questions anytime. You get them answered right here on the show for all of the world to hear. All of the world, of course, being all of the Duck fans who listen to this show. So, football got a uh, a little bit of a surprise, I think, when you if you had been following this closely. Jarek Broussard, the 2020 Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Year, formerly of the Colorado Buffaloes, transferred to Michigan State. And this was a guy who it really looked like he was going to come to the Ducks. And that was significant, of course, because... We have lost our top two running backs for the 2021, or excuse me, from the 2021 season looking ahead to 2022. And Trey Benson has entered the transfer portal, of course, so he is going elsewhere. You know, it's a very weird time because we went from a month ago, just a month ago, and this is how quickly things can change in college sports now. We went from, well, we've got either Die or Verdell, but you know, there's a good chance that there's both coming back too. Uh, maybe it'll just be one. Uh, now maybe it's zero. And now there's just this big question mark in the running back room, not in terms of who's going to fill the void. I mean, right now, Byron Cardwell is the leader in the clubhouse. I think that that much is pretty darn clear. But Sean Dollars is going to need to stay healthy. That That is now looking like it will be a need, depending on what Oregon is able to do on National Signing Day as I'm recording this on on Sunday night. This is Monday's pod. National Signing Day is Wednesday, which is really exciting. I'll get to, you know, all the recruits and that'll be, you know, the the focus sort of of this week's shows once we get there. But he'd visit or he had visited Oregon recently, Jarek Broussard had. Things appeared to be trending well. But instead, he goes to the Big Ten, and Mel Tucker, who was formerly the head coach at Colorado uh, several years ago, and he will replace Kenneth Walker III, who had a Heisman-caliber season. And I wonder if this has to do with the offensive vision at all. I mean, it really was looking like this was going to be a guy Oregon was going to snag in the portal, but maybe... This is the, you know, that that's the downside of it potentially, depending on what that philosophical difference might have been. And again, this is all speculative. But the other factor that could have been in play is maybe Broussard looked at the Oregon running back room and didn't think he was going to be able to get the volume of touches that he wanted, which would 
solidify what many of us have kind of come to believe and heard coming out of Oregon's camp and from other players, and there's all sorts of quotes about it, which is that Byron Cardwell is really good. And he's a four-star running back recruit. We saw what he was capable of this past season. I think he has his own unique running style, which I'm totally fine with. I don't want every running back to be the same. I want you to do what you're able to do well. But it just kind of shakes things up a little bit because the, the big question mark with Byron Cardwell Jr. and Sean Dollars is can they sustain it for an entire season? Can their bodies hold up to it? And I certainly hope that they are they are able to, but Dollars has had a lot of injuries, right? He didn't play a whole lot as uh, a true freshman in 2020. This past year, he missed basically the whole season because of injuries. So he's been very, very limited in his time during uh, his college football career. We know the explosiveness and the potential is there, but we don't know if he's going to be able to bring it consistently on game day. It's just an unknown. I'm not saying he can't. It's an unknown. We've seen Byron Cardwell get a lot of different carries and look really good. You know, the the game-sealing touchdown late in the game against Washington State. He had some nice runs against the Beavs this past year. Lots of good things from, from this past season that Byron Cardwell showed us. But doing it at the running back position over the course of 12 or 13, or this year Oregon played 14 games, that's different. And that is the unproven element of this running back room and why I thought Broussard would have been such a perfect fit. I mean, he's clearly looking for a place to go where he can get a high volume of carries, be involved in the offense, and, you know, produce, right? And and just was looking for a new environment. And Oregon was looking for a guy who they could rely on to give the ball to. You know, say if Cardwell went down with an injury, which happens pretty often with running backs, as we saw this past season with C.J. Verdell, Broussard could have been that guy who you knew in the back of your mind as Duck fans, like, oh, it's it's okay. We have a guy who's experienced, knows how to run, knows how to produce in the conference, and you know has shown an ability to do that over the course of an entire season. As I said, 2020 Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Year. So that's a little bit of uh, a, a surprise and a little bit of a disappointment as well. But it, it just creates an opportunity, you know. And I think that one prospect in particular who Duck fans should be looking at if you are not already is a guy by the name of Jordan James. He's a four-star running back. He is currently committed and has been for a while to the University of Georgia, but there has been a lot of buzz. If you check out his recruiting profile on 24-7, if you just kind of poke around and whatnot with regards to the name Jordan James, he has the Ducks in his top three, and there's some crystal ball predictions out there that he may very well be coming to Oregon, you know, with Dan Lanning coming over from Georgia. So that would be nice to bolster the running back room a little bit because it's looking more and more thin as time goes on, certainly more than we thought it would be, you know, just a, a month or two ago. But that that's definitely a name to follow because there are a number of people who follow this sort of stuff and are in the know who believe we are going to be able to flip him. But there were a lot of people who thought Jarek Broussard was going to be able to to come to Oregon as well. That was just that was just kind of the vibe when you you talk to people and, and read what is written and all that sort of stuff. So you never know. It's an unpredictable world. As always, I'll keep you updated here on the pod every single day. And Duck fans, 
If you're someone who buys gasoline, you have to know about GetUpside. My listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code SCORE for $0.25 per gallon or more on your first fill-up cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the free app. Use promo code SCORE for $0.25 per gallon or more on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot, making up to two to $300 a year in cash back, there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out with PayPal, e-gift card, Amazon, other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app. Use promo code SCORE. Get $0.25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. That's code SCORE. Okay, so Broussard has kind of left us in this... Uh, we don't know what's going to happen next area, but you know if Jordan James is able to commit to the Ducks, I think that could do a lot to solidify the running back room, which has just been so steady for the last couple of years with uh, with, with Verdell and Die. I mean, it's just been those two guys, and it's going to be a completely different room with young, talented guys, but who, who are unproven. And I hope they're going to be able to show exactly what they're capable of and the potential that they have over the course of a season. But we will just have to wait and find out and I think it'll be fascinating to watch how how the spring game plays out as well I I can't wait for the spring game I think it's like April 23rd something of that sorts I I can't wait for that it's gonna there's there are going to be so many things to look for the running backs the DBs the quarterbacks I I I can't wait for that already counting down the days but we got to get through March Madness first and speaking of the greatest sporting event on planet earth Couple interesting notes that I'm going to get to for the rest of today's show about the men's basketball game over the weekend. Also, uh, the the women curb stomped USC, which is great to see because you just got to keep the good times rolling. Start playing better and better basketball. Peak around March, you never know what can happen. Uh, <laughs> Naira Sabali is playing phenomenal. I think she had 23 and seven against the Trojans. Really, really good stuff. But on the men's side. Before I get to the actual game, our our new head football coach, Dan the Man Lanning, you could call him, he was at the Oregon game. And you see football coaches do this all the time. They show up at a basketball game after they get hired, talk to the fans, get them fired up, talk about the, the program or, or the program as, as as I'm apparently seeing this is uh, this is what we're, we're calling it now here in Eugene, which, you know what, I, I roll with the tide, man. It's just... Wherever, wherever it goes, wherever it takes me, that's where we're rolling. So it's easy to not make too much of, you know, Dan Lanning giving a speech that, that fires up the fans and talks about how, you know, they want to be a championship caliber team and, you know, thanking everyone for the, the warm welcome they've gotten since coming to Eugene. All of that is good stuff and pretty standard. But I think one thing you can note is in moments like these, and this goes back to Dan Lanning's press conference as well, and he certainly you know, won us over in a lot of ways with that press conference. It doesn't do everything, but it can do something for you as a fan to give you an idea of what this guy is like or how he will carry himself as the head coach, and that can often you know, lead to expectations for the on-the-field product for us as Duck fans. And Lanning like I said, it was pretty standard, right? He was excited. He he had an energy and sort of just a, a, a youthful, vibrant 
aura about him, and and it was awesome, and, and the fans were loving it. It was a good crowd at, at Matthew Knight Arena for the game against the Beavs. But Dan Lanning did something that was good, but not necessarily exemplary. And when I watch him speak, I think he's being very authentic. That That's how he comes off to me. And I don't think everyone comes off that way. And I'll give you an example. If you haven't watched either of these two videos yet, you can watch them and, tell you, and, and know what I'm talking about. But... Dan Lanning goes out there and is talking to the fans, riling them up, and he seems to be genuinely himself, right? He is legitimately excited, and he's just going to go out there and wear his heart on his sleeves and, you know, be Dan Lanning. Versus someone like Brian Kelly at LSU, who, if I were a Tiger fan, I don't know how I would feel right now when I see him do this sort of stuff. So I'm just glad that our coach is not because Brian Kelly when he went to talk to LSU fans at a basketball game he all of a sudden had a southern accent and look I think Brian Kelly's a capable football coach but it gives off a pretty weird vibe when you're going somewhere and you're trying that hard to fit in you know what I mean I think Dan Lanning being more natural and comfortable in front of Oregon fans on campus, talking talking to Duck fans at Matthew Knight Arena, I think that shapes up well for something I talked about on an episode last week, which is Dan Landing does not have his roots in the Pacific Northwest, but that doesn't mean he couldn't stay here for a long time and win at a high level and grow to love Oregon. You know, because Dana Altman, our men's basketball coach, has done just that. Dana Altman is from the Midwest, but he has stayed put in Oregon, despite, I can guarantee you, though I don't know if you could find it publicly, there have been schools interested in Dana Altman over the years because he's a really, really good basketball coach. But that's what we want Dan Lanning to be, right? And there's no guarantee that that's going to happen, but that's certainly what we'd prefer as Duck fans is in four or five years to not have to go through another coaching change. It's not preferable. It's possible. We should be prepared for it should it take place. But if I had to choose what I would want to happen, I would want Dan Lanning to stay for 10 to 15 or 20 years and just win at a high level year in and year out. And that's a hard thing to find. But I think the fact that he is able to, you know, not feel like he has to change himself or alter elements of his personality or do an accent or Brian Kelly was doing this wild, wacky recruiting video that... <laughs> it's just it's hard to explain. I mean I, I I don't know what they're going for there or who greenlit all of that stuff, but I think that it speaks to the potential he has to, you know, fit in at the University of Oregon and grow to love the University of Oregon that that he's just getting after it and he's himself and I think he comes off as very authentic and I think that that is a, a good thing for us as Duck fans. The basketball team absolutely wrecked Oregon State, which was awesome. And I'll tell you about that after I tell you that it's the new year, which means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit, you have to include Bill Bar in your plan. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Makes it easy to stick to your New Year's resolution. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. Most of them have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams 
of protein. Here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret treat stashes, get rid of all the junk food, and put Built Bars there instead so that you go and you grab something that is healthy and delicious. Salted caramel, mint brownie, peanut butter, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream. They've got a bunch of flavors. So go to Built.com to see what's new. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, get 15% off your order of Built Bars. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, so we wrap up today with uh, <laughs> a game that you know I, I was hoping would would look like this, and it and it definitely did for for Oregon men's basketball after the Colorado loss in which they blew a 15 point lead at home in the midst of a six game winning streak. I said last week I thought they might come out on Saturday motivated and just run the Beavs, who are terrible, out of the gym. And and they destroyed them. <laughs> I mean, it was it was really awesome. The final score was seventy eight to fifty six, and honestly, it never even felt that close. Now, for the first ten minutes, Oregon State did hang around, but then the game got rolling, and Oregon kind of found their their rhythm, and they shot the ball well, fifty five percent from the floor. And Eric Williams, at the end of the first half, hit a shot from three quarters court. And that just kind of summed it up. And this was, you know, a well-rounded game. Will Richardson played well. Jacob Young played well. He had 17 points. And Nafali Dante and Frank Kepnong combined for five blocks and, and 12 rebounds inside, which is exactly what you want from those two. And I'll, I'll get to that. I'll, I'll do that right now, and then I'll, I'll wrap up with, with something else, with another thought I had. Will Richardson, in his uh, post-game comments, he's getting asked questions and such, said that the uh, the big fellas who combine for five blocks are the X factor on this team. And I thought that was an interesting, that, you know, it's just something that, that players say, and he's getting asked a question, got to give an answer, all that sort of stuff. I think that the answer to that particular question, I don't know what the, what the original prompt was for him to give that response, but are Kepnong and Dante the X factors for Oregon basketball? Yes and no. We need them to have an impact if if Oregon is going to make a run in the NCAA tournament. That is 100% true. They they have to be effective. But I agree with what Joey Mack said on uh, on Friday's show, the radio voice of Oregon men's basketball. I think the X factor on this team is Quincy Garrier, and he did not have his best game, and that's okay. He got picked up by his teammates, and you know we ran the beeves out of the gym, which is just always a great feeling. You know, it, it, it really is. But when you get to college basketball in March, right, which is when everybody is paying attention, the best teams always, 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 always have great guard play. So Oregon, thankfully on this team, runs a lot of three-guard sets with Richardson and Harmon and Young. They have the potential to have a really high level of guard play, especially with Will Richardson, who has been shooting the ball exceptionally well after really, really struggling early in the season. That was hurting hurting Oregon's offense. He has found his stroke, and he is also distributing very well inside. I love when he's able to attack it and feed the big guys. All of that is really good stuff. But I think the X factor on this team is Garrier because though guard play is the most crucial, Sometimes, because you know, Young and Harmon, they're they're both pretty small. Richardson's bigger at at six foot five, and he's a, he's a pretty thick build as well. 
sometimes you need a guy who can match up with a big athletic defender to get you a bucket. Because let's say we're playing a, a March Madness game or even a, a Pac-12. Let's say we're playing UCLA, right? And Jacob Young is just going off. He's got you know 15 points in the first half. He's up to 25 in the second. And you need a bucket late, and it's a close game. If they put Johnny Juzang, UCLA, on Jacob Young, that's going to make life very difficult for Jacob Young because Juzang is just as fast, but he's longer and, and he's more athletic. And so Guerrier, I think, provides that element of a bigger guy who can get his own shot, and his ability to stretch the floor as a four is also really, really crucial. Because we're always playing with Kepnong and Dante inside, those two, neither one of them are shooters, right? They're basically the same guy. They're rim protectors, rebounders. They can finish around the rim. Really nice players. I'm glad we have them both, but they're not shooters. And if you're going to have one guy on the court at all times who is a non-shooter, you have to have four shooters around him. And Garrier has struggled with his three-point shot at times this year. I think he has to be able to you know, score consistently or at least knock down outside shots if this Oregon team is going to reach its ceiling. And I don't think we know exactly what its ceiling is yet. We'll see how they are able to finish out the regular season here in the month of February. A lot of big games coming up, and I'll cover them all for you here on the show, starting with a huge, huge game in the Pac-12 standings. Uh, is coming Tuesday against Colorado. But I, I think that the, the play of Quincy Garrier is, is so critical because of the three guards, Harmon, Young, and Richardson, two of them at least are going to play well. I mean, one of them is always going to play well, and you're probably not going to have all three clicking at the same time consistently. That's just a lot to ask for, for guards. But if you can have two of them and Garrier can be on, then this team can always score more than enough points. Final thing here on this trouncing of Oregon State, which was just awesome. Went 3-0 and against the Beavs this year. Those are good fun years, right? Because sometimes I think it can seem like it'll be like this forever. But Oregon has become, in a football sense, in this conference now, what the University of Washington used to be, right? And now Washington is in a total rebuild. Aside from two good years back-to-back, they just haven't been, you know, what, what they used to be. Like, stuff can change. So in any sport, when times are good and it's going well, Got to learn to appreciate the the good times and and you know relish in them as best you can. This is the first regular season basketball sweep of the Beavs for Oregon in five years, and that's with Dane Altman as a head coach. Not an easy thing to do. The Beavs are way down and out this year, and you know that was uh, I, I don't think a lot of people saw that coming after their Elite Eight run a season ago. But you, you enjoy the times when you beat them in football, beat them twice in basketball. That is a good all-around season as a sports fan. I appreciate everyone listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and go Ducks.